Hi, I'm Iman. And I'm Kurt. And this is Rebranding Mental Health. I'm Iman Khan with Blooming Minds, and this is a podcast to promote rebranding mental health. And that is the title of the podcast, Rebranding Mental Health. So today, I am here with a very special person who will be joining me on each and every one of these podcasts. My name is Kurt, and I'm, I'm very excited to be here with Iman today. Um, this is a really exciting chapter for both of us. I think so. So Blooming Minds is, I, it's my business, uh, but I like to call Blooming Minds more than just an organization. It's really a movement, a movement to rebrand, re-educate, redefine mental health and how we incorporate it into our systems, our education system, our community systems, our organizations. Um, so I, I feel as though it's really an initiative to bring people more into awareness and therefore create a, a different world. Because let's be frank, this world needs some change. Let's just dive right in to this podcast. This is the first in the series, and I am really excited that we are taking this step. So, rebranding mental health, what, what does that mean, and what would be the purpose of doing that? Let me answer my own question. <laughs> I came up with this uh, idea of rebranding just in, and I can't really say it was an original idea in the sense that listening to other people and talking about similar subjects or different ideas within other areas that need change within the systems, it, that, that name, that term just comes up for a lot of things, rebrand, rebrand, rebrand. So it seemed to me that it, it was an appropriate term for this initiative of what needs to happen in the mental health in industry because we've been focused so much on normalizing, uh, destigmatization, but it seems, in my opinion, that we're not really evolving. We're not that those paths or those initiatives didn't really accomplish what it had set out to accomplish, and because we, we're still suffering. And I just read an article that was in the New York Times recently about uh, the mental health crisis within, you know, the, the youth population. And it's really disturbing. Absolutely. Uh, some of those numbers are pretty, pretty hard to swallow. Yeah. And I, again, I think the pandemic was a silver lining to bringing us into an awareness of all the different areas that we recognize our issues, right? Awareness is maybe an eighth of what needs to happen to initiate change and, and then to, to sustain it and so on and so on. But I think um, it allowed us to see, look, we had distract ourselves with a whole lot of things. And when those distractions are gone, at first, you know, it's like, oh, cool. I, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden the reality set in that things are different. And we had to 
come face to face with, you know, some of our issues, all of us. And some, you know, were more, um, you know, they, they really affected their life in the sense, you know, based on people's, you know, did they lose their job? Do they not have enough money to eat? Do they, you know, all of these things, violence, trauma. So, yeah, I, I think that um, the pandemic really busted open the windows to where we need to focus on. And that's where the rebranding term came in. I, I absolutely love that. I think that makes so much sense. The, the pandemic has just really, it's, it's highlighted a lot of things that were already there. I, I think, I don't know that so much of what's happened since the pandemic is always necessarily new, but I do think it highlighted things that were already there. Um, I've heard people talk about the pandemic accelerating trends. Um, and I would say that that's absolutely true, not only in terms of technology use like Zoom, um, but also accelerating trends in, in un- more unfortunate ways like mental health um, and just the struggle that, that people are going through. So, um, you know, when you talk about how the pandemic has changed things, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that we kind of have to realize this isn't just okay, we got past the pandemic, we can go back to where we were before. Like there really is no going back at this point to pre-pandemic. Like these are things that we kind of have to live with and we have to uh, honestly even embrace some of these things and kind of say, okay, what's our path forward? What, what do we value? What do we want to see come to fruition? Wow, exactly. And, and all of that, there were so many things um, that you said that were really key and I, I, I don't I don't think I've ever heard it put that way that the pandemic highlighted trends. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. I mean the, your exact words. But yeah, tr- trends that you know accelerated growth in certain areas that hey, that's kind of cool. And then also accelerated areas that were already trending in a downward spiral. Absolutely. So I, I, I think that that's a really wonderful way to articulate exactly what happened and and now, you know, as you said, um, not comparing to normal, I, I find myself talking about that a lot, whether it's with clients or just people in general, about when something changes, that signifies difference, right? And so we need to accommodate the difference, assimilate, adapt, wh- whatever it is. But that, that, that then is the new normal, you know? Right. And so... When people say, when are things going back to normal, which we, which we said a lot in the, in the beginning, I heard it a lot. I, I would say, I don't think there is going to be a normal. It's going to be a different normal and the new normal, but I don't know. Words, and that's all part of this rand, uh, rebranding strategy, words are powerfully influential. Absolutely. And we, the way our brains are wired anyway are to think in reference points, which is why the pandemic was so impactful for all of us, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of, you know, any of those kinds of um, descriptors, so to speak. It's because we had no reference point for the Mm -hmm. most part. And so our brains experience stress and, you know, are traumatized. And so if we look at it from that aspect, you can't just, it doesn't, the effects of trauma don't just dissipate and go away. You have to address them in some way. And so that's why 
this is so important right now to really take this opportunity to say, look, what we've been doing before, we've, we've had some initiatives that, you know, have been helpful in, in learning about mental health and treating it and approaching it and incorporating some aspects, you know, the, the social emotional learning curriculums, all of that. But the truth is none of it is working the way that it's being implemented as we speak. And so we need to shift it. And at this point, why not shift it by just redefining it, re, reconfiguring it, mm-hmm. again, rebranding it. Let's not talk it, let's not say social and emotional learning, because guess what? Social and emotional learning is also influenced and affected by nutrition, by physical health. You know, how I am socially um, absolutely is affected by how I feel physically. Oh, absolutely. And vice versa. But we've never taught it that way. So this program proposal that I have is really coming into schools, organizations, communities, and and, and doing an assessment so that we can customize, because not every setting is going to be the same. But then building that, that total health, I guess, is what I'm referring to it as. We, we've, we've tried to use the word holistic before, right? But again, that word didn't take us where we need to go. Not that any of that is bad. Right. It's just it hasn't been helpful in achieving the ultimate goals, which is let's, let's be healthier. Absolutely. And you make such a good point, too, about using um, shifting some of the terminology, um, because, you know, I think if if we're going to try to be successful in making a making a change and including everybody in that change, trying to help everyone have access, um, you, you have to meet people where they're at. You know, and if you can't start grounded in this reality of where people are, how they see things, um, and and you can't communicate with them in a way that that speaks to them, that they appreciate, that they you know that works for for their own thought processes. Um, that's going to be a pretty difficult goal to achieve. Yes, yes, um, that is an excellent point because it's individuals. We are human, and we have some commonalities. Mm-hmm. We our animals. We have, you know, our heart's beat, we have our cardiovascular system, our nervous system, our lymphatic system, you know, all of that. Um, however, we also have, based on our experiences, you know, the nature versus nurture thing, we're, we're different. And we can't just approach everything with this generic cookie cutter approach because that just, that doesn't work. Well said. Thank you. Um, I feel like, you know, that kind of goes into some of these, like, things that we're noticing, you know, in in this pandemic uh, processing that are different. So I'll give you an example. Um, I am definitely a face person. Facial recognition is one of my innate skills, I guess you could say. Okay, one could argue it's all of ours, but you know what I mean. So I, if I see a face, I almost always, you know, can, can recognize it and then place it. 
But since the mask wearing, I have found that now that the masks are mostly removed, I, I will see people and I can't place where I know them from. And I had a very similar experience. It's, it's really, you know, my worst case scenario brain goes to, oh boy, I have Alzheimer's and dementia in my family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I bring myself back, back to the present moment and just, you know, recognize, give myself that compassion that this is, I, I'm adjusting mm-hmm. and I may not be as great as I was before. It could just be also just, you know, aging. We do naturally have some of those issues come up as we get older. Sure. But, we, but you know, with all the great science we have now about nutrition and all sorts of things, we do our best to prevent that as much as we can. But there, there are specific things that have shifted in ourselves. And, and again, self-awareness, knowing that, then we know what to do to, to address it. Have you noticed things that are, you know, similar? I have. I I actually, so I work at a local technical college and I've had a very, very similar experience where um, students that I work with, um, I'm not an instructor, I'm I'm a staff, but uh, students that, that I will work with, it's harder to remember them coming back, you know, when they're wearing masks. It's just, it, it takes away part of that facial recognition, as you mentioned. And, and also I think to like the, the physical distancing, the social distancing, you know, that we were asked to do. Um, and, and just kind of, I think having it in the back of your mind mm. that like, you know, this is something I need to be mindful of that I, I haven't been in the past. I do think it does affect your ability to kind of connect with people and, and kind of remember the interactions that you've had. I, I, I definitely feel a difference. It's, yeah. I, I noticed it. Yeah, thanks for that. It made me think of just as we as you were saying that that social distancing piece. Again, this is how your brain works. You're like referencing things, you know. And um, when we when I when I entered today the building and introduced myself and, and met Bevan, mm-hmm. and he said, "Very nice to meet you." And then he put his hand out, and there's that moment where. I, I like that he put his hand out because it feels familiar to me. Yeah. And I, uh, and I, and so I had this feeling that I was like, oh, this is lo- lovely. Yet there was a hesitation in myself because mm-hmm. two, two things. Number one, um, I felt this thing of, uh, ooh, uh, do it, do we shake hands? But then I also felt like I just wanted to hug him <laughs> and I don't know him and I don't generally hug people. I don't, no, I am a hugger. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I mean, it's just we have been without certain things for so long that we're finding ourselves have moments of, um, well, I find myself having moments of recognition mm-hmm. of things that I'm thinking, feeling, or doing that are just like kind of, oh, that's interesting. Where did that come from? Right. I've had so many of those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, where did that come from? Right. And you know it's interesting because that's 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 a human need, right? It is to have to have contact with yep. other people, mm-hmm. and um, and I think for a lot of us, like we've kind of not realized, oh, maybe I'm I'm lacking in in some area, yeah. some need, right? And this is really again goes right back to we kind of seemed like we were going a different, you know, all sorts of different ways, which is wonderful, you know. 
I'm yes. not really a follow the path kind of person. I love tangents. Yeah. I will go on tangents while I'm on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> cool. So I want to thank you for joining us and, uh, and thank you, Kurt, and thank myself um, for, for being here and sharing this all with you. And I look forward to having you join us for the next time on Blooming Minds, Rebranding Mental Health. Thanks. <laughs>